Welcome to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Callie O'Connor. I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks, scoring several remote jobs, and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries. The one thing that held me back from starting sooner was that I didn't believe it was possible for me. I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle. Through this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you. In season two, we're talking all about remote work. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I am your host, Callie O'Connor. And on season two of the Travel Possibilities Podcast, we're talking all about remote work. I have another fabulous guest for you today, Jackie from Bon Voyage Jackie. Jackie was a former teacher who left the classroom for a remote job in ed tech. So she always loved travel and she was traveling during every school break, but found that kind of limiting because she was always feeling burnt out from work and then using the time that she needed to recover to travel. And so that wasn't really sustainable for her. So she decided to make a change and she talks all about it in this interview. And she loves the flexibility of working remotely and having the ability to travel part-time. And I say part-time because We've talked to a lot of full-time digital nomads this season, and Jackie has a home base. She has a family, so she travels when she wants to and then comes back home when she wants to, so it's a unique perspective as well. So let's get to it. Here's the episode. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited for my guest today. I have Jackie from Bon Voyage Jackie, and she's going to introduce herself. So Jackie, thanks for being here. Tell us about yourself and what you do. Yeah, thank you for having me. So I am a remote work and travel blogger. So I blog part-time and I work full-time in ed tech as a remote worker. I've been recently transitioning into this new remote work space. I was a teacher for 10 years before that and just really struggled with balancing you know, work and life with that full-time job. So I made the transition to find a job that fit around my lifestyle a little better. That's awesome. And I think a lot of people listening can definitely relate to that. So it's good that you're like actually early on in this process of transitioning so we can get fresh insight from you as it's happening. So can you tell us a bit more about teaching and what it was like and how you were feeling and when you came to the decision to make a change? Yeah, so I have been teaching for almost 10 years and kind of the seed of I want to explore this remote workspace or transition into something else kind of started about a couple years ago. I started traveling more and I was taking a trip every school break, every long weekend, and I really loved both my work and traveling, but I was getting burnt out because I felt like there were so many places I wanted to see and I wanted to travel for myself. But at the same time, my time was very limited because, you know, you can only travel like during Christmas break, during summer break, spring break. And I was really conflicted because 
I wanted to see family and visit them, missing out on these events because I had to choose between, am I going to take this trip that I want for myself or am I going to go to my cousin's wedding on my free time? So it really was a struggle for me, not having time to myself, time for family, and time for work. And I just felt like I was tired all the time trying to fit all of those things in. So I started looking into how can I make this change, make it work, and how can I get it done as quickly as possible? Because I had started my blog and my goals are eventually I would love to, you know, be an entrepreneur and own my own business, but that takes time, right, to build up the income where you can do that sustain uh, sustainably. I had a lot of debt, both like consumer debt and student loans. So saving money to like take a year off work just wasn't an option for me. So I started looking into, you know, jobs that I could take my skills as a teacher and make them fit. And, you know, the ed tech industry was a good fit for me because I have experience in education. I love problem solving. I love helping people. So I started applying to customer success, sales roles, and I landed my job now in operations for an ed tech company. Yay, congratulations. That's really exciting. And like we talk about this a lot on the podcast, skills are transferable. So you don't have to be doing the exact same thing you were doing in your former life. So that's exciting. And we'll get more into that. But did you ever consider transitioning to an online teaching role? So I had tried that. I was doing that part-time, actually. I was working with a company called BIP Kid, and I had been doing that for a few years at that point. Let's see, I started with them in 2017. And that was actually my first, I guess, mini introduction to remote work and travel because I would still work with VIP Kid and online teaching while I was traveling during summer, summer break. That's awesome. And then you're like, oh, well, this is, it felt like a part-time gig. So you're like, I don't want to take this full-time pretty much. Yeah, exactly. It just didn't fit my financial needs, mm -hmm. which if I didn't have like a house and a lot of bills and commitments, I think if you can be more location independent, that could work for someone. But unfortunately, recent laws in China have really cut back on the online teaching industry. And they're just now are not the same opportunities that there were when I started. Totally. It's a bummer. And I've taught English online too through some of these platforms and the ones that predominantly teach to Chinese kids are suffering and they're trying to pivot, but it's still not at the level that it was previously, but hopefully they can get there because there's tons of countries that would love to learn English online. So cool. And so you considered ed tech. Did you think about any other possible industries or did you sort of focus your search once you started looking for a remote job? So I still really enjoyed my job, actually, and I like working in education. So I wanted to stay in that space, but I wanted to have that flexibility of working remotely so I can work from anywhere. For example, I took my first like 
full-time remote worker trip to El Salvador in March. And it was a really great experience and I enjoyed my time there and I was able to get my work done from that location as well. Awesome. So it feels good to like have done it and you're like, all right, this works, this can happen. So that's exciting. And when you found this role and when you were searching, were these roles posted as remote? Can you tell us about like, did you have a conversation with your employer about traveling sometimes with your job? So the job was fully remote and my company actually after the pandemic, they no longer have an office space. Once their lease was up, they decided that, you know, productivity of the company was at a level that it just wasn't needed to be in person. And a lot of companies are making that fully remote transition. So I did my search through like Google job search. Since I'm in ed tech, I used ed surge has a really great job search platform and you can filter by remote only. So I only applied to those jobs. And I will say that, you know, my employer does have a requirement that for tax purposes, you must be a resident of the United States. So, which I own my house here, I'm here, I come back and forth. I'm not a full-time digital nomad. So that wasn't a problem for me, but definitely if that is something that you're interested in, look into a job that would be open to, you know, you living in another country, if that's something you're interested in. That's a conversation you definitely want to have before you take the job and find out that you can't. Yes, absolutely. That could be disappointing for everyone involved if you just take the job because you think one thing, but you haven't properly communicated that. But also, it's such a great point that you are not, you don't have to be a full-time digital nomad. Like there are options and combinations and different ways to do it. So I'm glad you're on here sharing that perspective. And so in an ideal world, like how many trips do you want to take a year and how long do you like to stay in a destination? So before when I was teaching, I would take one really big two month long trip every summer. And I liked that, but I did miss my dogs. I did miss my husband. So it was just a little too long for me but I felt like I had to fit everything in. So that's what I did. Now I'm much more comfortable because I can go away for like one week, once a month or like two weeks every other month. And those one to three week long trips are like the perfect time for me and how I feel. That's awesome. That's yeah. It's so great. Cause like that's the point of this whole podcast, really. Like it can be whatever you want it to be. There's not one way to be a digital nomad. There's not one way to get a remote job. You can just really assess what you want your life to look like and then make the work fit your lifestyle. So it's very cool to hear your perspective on that. And so you've been to El Salvador, you've mentioned. Have you worked from anywhere else so far? So when I was kind of the part-time remote worker. Last summer, I spent six weeks in Mexico and I had a really good experience working remotely there. And that kind of pre-remote worker experience helped me kind of troubleshoot a lot of issues that now I can avoid. For instance, when I was in big cities like Mexico City, Guadalajara, I never had issues with Wi-Fi, but I spent one week in Sayulita And even though my Airbnb host, he did the speed test for me and he told me he's worked from that apartment 
one day the internet just was down and it was not working and it lasted for three days. No. <laughs> so I had to go and get a local SIM card and I looked up like which cell phone company has the best coverage in that area. I looked at their coverage maps and Telcel was the best one. I got a SIM with that and just hotspotted from my phone, had 100 megabytes per second download speed and that solved the issue. But now I know like I need like a backup plan before I go somewhere just in case. Definitely. It's like you can always troubleshoot when you're there, but it's good to have that those backup plans in place before you even get there. And so when you were applying for the job that you have now, had you been teaching at the same school? Had you gone through a job application process or was this your first time really job searching in 10 years? It was the first time in a long time. And I will say coming from an industry like education where there is a huge worker shortage, I would, I had interviewed for two jobs in education. So when I graduated college, I got my job as a kindergarten teacher. And then five years after that, I got my job as a English as second language specialist. And when I interviewed for that specialist role, because there are so few Spanish speakers in my area, and there's a big population of ESL students who speak Spanish, the principal told me, she's like, please don't take any other offers before I can get approval to hire you. She said, I am going to hire you, but it might take a few weeks. Please don't go anywhere. (laughs) So I was used to like getting the job on the spot And the job search process, I will say, in the corporate space is very lengthy. I started seriously looking for work in July of 2021. And I went through a lot of interviews, got rejected a ton. (laughs) And the first interview I had with the job that did ultimately hire me was in the beginning of October. I had about four or five interviews and some performance tasks, and I got the offer right before Christmas in December. Okay, so that's completely different than what you were used to. And like, it is very interesting. Just the thing, like, I would say the job application process in the corporate world has evolved over the years. And like, it's just so different now with all the tasks and stuff like that. But it is lengthy. And rejection is part of the process. And I think it's really important to go in sort of prepared, knowing that rejection is part of the process. Were you like discouraged at any point in time? Or were you just like maintaining like that there's this light at the end of the tunnel, this is going to happen for me? I think just having that mindset that it wasn't me not taking it personally, but that it just wasn't that me and that company were a good fit. And if it wasn't a good fit, it wouldn't have worked out even if I did get hired. So I just kept trying. And I think for anyone who's going through it, take the time for self-care. Like take a couple days a week to just disconnect, get off of LinkedIn, and take some time for yourself because it is draining. The job search is a full-time job in and of itself. And don't give up because you will find something that is a good fit. Love it. Great advice. And when you were like going through the interview process and stuff, were there any types of questions that would come up sort of frequently as you were looking for a remote role? So 
any sort of trends that might help someone else looking for a remote role? I definitely would say a lot of my interviewers asked me questions about my work style in a remote space, especially about organization and just keeping yourself on task, how well you work without a lot of supervision. So definitely look into things like Trello and get familiarize yourself with different tools that the company uses. That's a question I suggest you ask your interviewer. What tools does your company use for, you know, collaborating, organizing, and all of that, and familiarize yourself with those. Awesome. Yeah, that's such a good point. And so can you talk a little bit more about, like, your style working from a remote environment? Like, how do you maintain balance? How do you stay on track? What tips do you have? So I choose like when I'm going to be working, I choose the location very strategically. Like I'll pick a big city where there's a lot to do after work, for instance, like Mexico City. The things I love doing there were eating and like maybe going out for a cocktail, like a happy hour. So that was stuff I could easily do like around my work schedule. And in El Salvador, I picked a very quiet, relaxing small town to work from. And so I didn't feel like, oh, there's a ton of things I should be out doing and I'm stuck here working. I just took in the culture, took in the environment. You know, I'd walk down to a coffee shop on my break, get a coffee. And there was a hot spring nearby I went to after work. So it was just a place where I could kind of disconnect from a lot of the stresses of daily life and just work on relaxing and getting my work done. Amazing. So you mentioned your husband's back at home. Does he ever come with you on these trips or what is his job? So he unfortunately is not in a remote friendly industry. He works for an oil refinery in a very um, labor intensive job. So (laughs) Not online, but he does come with me on vacation. And that's another thing I think is really important for remote workers is remember to take your vacation time too. Yeah, that's a great point. Cause like, it's easy to be like, oh, I'm in this destination. I'm on vacation, but you're not. Vacation isn't a location. Vacation's how you spend your time. So I think that's really important to note. And so what vacations have you guys taken together lately? So we're planning to go to Portugal this year. So I'm going to be working remotely for a couple weeks in Portugal. And then he's going to join me. And we're going to take some vacation time together. So that's exciting. We'll spend a week together. And I'm also going to Peru in a couple weeks and taking a few PTO days to hike the Inca Trail. Ooh, that's exciting. That's going to be so fun. I can't wait to follow along. (laughs) And so since you do base yourself in the U.S. and you don't travel full time, like how do you decide when you're going to go? Do you base it based on like flight costs or what's your decision making in terms of when the next trip will be? Yeah, usually because I am like pretty budget conscious at this point in my life. So I do look at when's the most affordable time to go somewhere. And I travel a lot in places that have a similar time zone to where I'm working, which Europe is going to be different. That'll be a new experience for me. But 
like Central and South America have been really easy because my company is based in California. So I'm not working like super late at night. Definitely. Yeah, that would be a different experience. And the previous episode of this podcast, she had just been working in Europe and like there are pros and cons to each. So like that you can use the whole morning to explore and then you just work in the afternoon into the evening. So like make time zones work for you. But yeah, pros and cons to each. Yeah, definitely. Which I will say the places I've chosen for my trip to Europe working remotely are very different than the places I choose when I'm working in somewhere in the U.S. or like South America. Like there, I choose places that have more evening activities, Mm -hmm. but I'm spending more time in nature, actually, when I go to Europe. Like I'm spending a week working from Lake Bled, Slovenia, Mm -hmm. because I'll be able to go hiking every morning and then come back and work in the late afternoon to evening. Oh, I love that. It's like, it's such a good thought and process to have because yeah, you can kind of like cater your time zones to the things that you want to be doing and the time of day that you need to be doing them. That's great. Are there any places that you're like, okay, I'm definitely going to work from here someday. I don't know when yet, but like it's on your list to go work remotely from. I have not been to Argentina yet. And it is on my list. It's a far trip. So that's why I haven't really had time to go yet. Because my biggest break before when I was a teacher was like June and July, which it's winter and it's freezing in Argentina then. But now like I could go spend three weeks there in January when it's summer and the weather is nice. So that's a big one on my list. That's awesome. Yeah, like the opportunities have opened for you now that you're not on like the school break schedule. So that's really exciting. Okay, guys, Jackie posts a lot of really helpful videos online on TikTok, on Instagram, talking all about remote work. So Jackie, do you get any like typical questions from people who are considering remote work? Like what questions come up a lot for people who have viewed your content? Yeah, a lot of people have asked, like, how do I find a remote job? And like, I came from an industry where there's not a lot of remote work opportunities. So I transitioned to, you know, an industry, a position that I had those transferable skills. There are a lot of really great accounts out there. There's one on Instagram, her handle is, it's a travel OD. And she has some really great advice. And I love that she said, don't try to build your skills first and then find a remote job. Find a remote job that you already have the skills for. And then if you want that job that you don't have the skills for yet, get those skills while you're already working remotely. Just get in the door because I think that's the greatest advice because your life really changes when you have a job that fits around your life versus trying to fit your life around your job. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great point because like if you're looking for a remote job, you don't have to do the job forever. The jobs are temporary. It's not a permanent decision. So if you're using a job as a stepping stone to get to the next level, that's okay. That's what people do. That's what people do in non-remote jobs. So like, it's no different for when you're trying to work remotely as well. So that's a great point. And are there any skills that you've learned along the way having this remote job that you're like, wow, I've never needed to use this in the classroom, but now this is something so important every single day? 
I think having really strong communication skills is key, especially in the remote workspace because you're communicating with people via email, via Slack. Like my coworkers and I, we have like a weekly check-in meeting, but a lot of times like we don't see each other. We're just little avatars on a screen. So really making sure that you can convey what you need to in writing concisely and explain yourself well because it's so easy to read something and kind of like misconstrue it. Mm -hmm. So I think also on the flip side of that, when you're reading an email or a Slack message from someone like giving them grace and the benefit of the doubt that they had good intentions behind it. Like don't read an attitude in someone's email because they probably didn't have it. (laughs) That's like great life advice, actually, like in your text messages and stuff. Like, let's just give people the benefit of the doubt because that really is easy to misconstrue something. And it's usually like our own projections. And so that's a great tip. If you were helping someone find a remote job, I know you just went through this. Like, what are your top pieces of advice? So if you find a job listing that you're like, this would be perfect, like I'm really interested in this, go on LinkedIn, look up that company and see if you can find people, number one, who already have that job and just reach out, say hi, say that you're interested in, you know, that job listing that you saw and ask them questions about like, what does your day look like or you know, if you have a question about like something that might be challenging or about the work culture, like they're great people to reach out to. The worst that's going to happen is probably like maybe they'll ignore your message. But I've gotten like really good responses from people. And they said like, oh, like you can tell, you know, so-and-so like the hiring manager that like I'm, I referred you or something like that. So sometimes you might even get a referral out of it, but it's good to just like do that research and find out, is it a good fit for you? Cause you might find out like, oh, like this work culture doesn't really work for me now that they said something. That's such a good point. And like, you don't want to take a job that's not the right fit. Like it's not worth it. Cause then you're just going to go through the whole job search process again, because you're miserable. So I love that. And did you like spruce up your LinkedIn and everything before you started the job search process? Yes, I definitely think like having a well-updated LinkedIn is key and using it. Because I know in the education space, teachers like don't really use LinkedIn. I never used it. So if you're going from like education to corporate, definitely learn LinkedIn, definitely fill out your profile get some connections on there, start posting relevant things to your industry. And it'll really help hiring managers see you because unfortunately, like the computer robots sometimes like filter out our resume and no one sees it or they get so many that if you talked to the hiring manager on LinkedIn, then they're like, oh, I remember this person because we had a conversation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's so true. Like I worked as a recruiter and Anyone who reached out to me on LinkedIn, I looked at their resume a lot more thoroughly than I would have had they not reached out. So I like I give people who take initiative an opportunity, basically, because you want people, action takers and stuff like that. So you heard it here. Update your LinkedIn, everyone, if you're looking yeah. for a remote job. 
I have, I actually had, which I didn't take that job. It ended up not being like the right fit for me, mm-hmm. but I reached out to a hiring manager on LinkedIn because the company, while it was remote, it was based in Nashville and I was going there on a girl's trip anyway. And I decided I was like, I'll stay an extra day and fly home Tuesday. And I just told him like, hi, I'm in Nashville, like on Monday. I know, like, I just applied to this job that you listed. If you'd like to meet with me, I have some questions about the position. He met with me for coffee and they ended up actually like offering me the job And he said the reason he did that was, even though I didn't have sales experience, it was a sales job. He said the initiative you showed by like asking to meet with me showed me that you have what it takes. That is such a good story and such a good point. And just a reminder, especially in this day and age, you don't have to have the exact experience. You just need to sell yourself that you like you can learn the things and do the things that you need to do to be successful in the role so that's oh that's such a good story i'm glad you shared that one thank you amazing well jackie this has been a fantastic conversation if people want to learn more about you where can they find you online and i will link this all in the show notes as well Yeah, thank you. So I'm on Instagram and TikTok, Bon Voyage Jackie. And you can also find me on my blog, bonvoyagejackie.com. Okay, perfect. Across the board, Bon Voyage Jackie. And before we wrap up, is there anything you'd like to add? Any last tidbits or lingering things that you'd like to just put out there to close us out? Uh, Just to encourage anyone who's thinking about making that transition, wants to make it, like you said, Even if you can't get your dream remote job right now, if you can get a remote job and start building that lifestyle, then go for it and just don't give up. I know my job search was like six months long and I got discouraged sometimes, but I'm glad I didn't give up on myself because I'm in the perfect place right now. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Jackie, for being here. It's been fantastic. And to everyone else, I will catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so thankful for your positive review on Apple Podcasts so I can keep the episodes coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at the Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at travelshifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.